0: You are Locked On Chargers,
1: your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your next order. Before we get started, we are two writers who started covering the Chargers for San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the team for six seasons now, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and now we've been the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast for four seasons, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, welcome into the final mock draft Monday. I mean, so many mocks. So many fan mocks, so many things that we've done during this draft season, stuff we've never done before. And now I believe this is Mock Draft Monday 11.0. So this will be the I think final. It's 12, actually. Or 12.0. Oh my God. You lose track after a certain amount of time. So the 11th or 12th Mock Draft Monday, but I believe you're right. I think it is 12.0, which is crazy. And we saved the best for last because this week we are going to be doing a two episode seven round mock draft, getting into all nine picks for the Chargers and what we think they're going to do and what we want them to do in the upcoming draft. So on today's show in the second segment, we'll be kicking it off with our first two picks, number 13 and number 47. So we'll talk about the different guys that we end up picking there and why we end up picking them. And then to wrap up the show today, we will be getting into both of the Chargers third round picks, the 77th and 97th Overall picks for the Chargers in the upcoming draft. But we are going to start the show today by talking about Tom Telesco's press conference because we didn't get a chance to do it. And we actually have some maybe draft clues that he got into, including talking about offensive line arm length, how they feel about Trey Pipkins, what they think about trading down, and also positional versatility was another big sticking point for them. So a lot to get into there. And then that'll kind of lead us into. Our final mock draft, and then on tomorrow's show, we'll be getting into rounds four through seven and finishing up the mock draft them because we want to have enough time to break these guys down, and we only have 10 minutes or around that per segment normally. So let's go ahead and get into it. Before we get into our final seven round mock draft, I want to talk about Tom Telesco and his press conference, David. And I think the first thing that we have to talk about has to revolve around Trey Pipkins because one of the most surprising things that came out during Brandon Staley's post-free agency pre-draft press conference was that he fully admitted that the team had a hole at left tackle, and when Tom Telesco was asked about it, what he basically said was, if he's talking about having a hole, then you don't have a guy who's been a starter in the league for a couple of seasons, yes, we have a hole there, but we are very bullish on Trey Pipkins, and now... This is year three of us going through, you know, how do the Chargers really feel about Trey Pipkins? We thought last year they were going to give him the starting reps right right away until Sam Tevy ended up beating him out after moving to the left side with the signing of Brian Bulaga. And now from what you're hearing from Tom Telesco, he sounds confident in Trey Pipkins' ability to be a starting left tackle. But I think that's, I would love to say it's a smokescreen, David, but like, we have seen him have unreasonable faith in guys like this before, and I think it's just terrifying to think about the fact that hey, if they love Trey Pipkins this much, are they really as urgent as we are about finding a new left tackle to protect Justin Herbert?
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, Daniel, it's got smoke screen written all over it. Sure. I just I can't get it, I can't get that out of my head with this situation because Brandon Staley, I think, is more acknowledging the the fact, the true, the truth that we all know that. There is a deficiency. There is a hole at the left tackle position right now. It's not that there isn't a veteran there. That's just pure GM speak. I mean, that's just Tom Telesco trying to deflect that. That We know that they need an offensive tackle. They know they need an offensive tackle. They're going to take one early. This is just a smokescreen and kind of a poor one at that.
1: I mean, we all know that we don't know, right? I mean, I think that's the thing you learn with Tom Telesco and how he operates as far as the information he allows to get out and the information that he allows fans to have and I think there's been moments when he said really obvious things and you're like oh yeah you know he doesn't really care about that you know and he's just saying that but they've actually come true and it's not very often and you would never know it just based on all of the things that he says but it is interesting to hear that especially and I think I do think also a part of it is just like you don't want to pile on one guy right I mean obviously Trey Pipkin's doesn't want to hear brandon staley say that there's a huge hole at left tackle right i don't know if tom toleska wants to pile on in that situation but another thing he talked about with the offensive lineman was the arm length because that has been all the buzz for all the top tackles in this class and not many of them have the 34 inch arms that many people think is the prototypical length for an offensive tackle right if it's shorter than that you start to hear people saying that they should move into guard and What he had to say was, it's certainly something we look at, it's something that we've looked at since I've started in this business, it's not the biggest trait we look for, but it's part of it. I don't get too caught up in the arm length. You look at different tackles that are playing in the league, there are some with very long arms, there are some with less than 33-inch arms. Really, their performance is no different. Yes, it's something you look at, but for me personally, I look more athletic ability, strength, and football intelligence. Of course, that's how it's supposed to be, right? I mean, that's what you should be looking at, is just overall ability, and right, Overall ability, and I think there are like some exceptions, like Rashawn Slater, I think would still be fine. I think the Chargers would still take them, but I don't know if this makes me feel more confident with the lack of games played at the position and with the 32 and 18 inch arms that Elijah Vera Tucker is an option for this team playing tackle, right? So that'll be interesting to see. But he did talk about how he felt about trading up or trading back, and he was asked which one he would rather do. Even though he's never traded back in his GM career with the Chargers, he said he'd rather trade back, get more picks, and this was kind of interesting too. He was talking about the perils of trading up and just saying the chances of you trading up and knowing that's a good player you're going to get while you're giving up other opportunities to get different players. And he also had the mantra of, hey, the more at-bats that you have, the more chances you have to get a hit just as far as wanting to stack up draft picks and talking about, you know, having 18 to 20 over a two-year span right now. So that was very interesting to hear Tom Telesco's thoughts on trading back even though he's never done it. It sounds
0: all well and good, Daniel, but it's kind of hypocritical because... All he's ever done in his career is trade up for players. He's done it four times. He's never traded back in his entire career, like you mentioned. So he's saying, I'd like to get more opportunities, more swings at bat, if you will, but he's never done it. So it's kind of like you're saying one thing and and you're doing another. So this is just another, you know, general manager type answer from Tom Telesco. This
1: is a situation where you look at his actions and not really listen to his words. I mean, historically, you'd be right about that just because he hasn't done it. And we've seen him trade up for the likes of Manti Teo, Melvin Gordon, Jeremiah Atauchu, and last year, Kenneth Murray, Then he's more likely, much more likely to move up than he is to move back. And he says, basically, it's just all about getting the right offer. But I'll believe it when I see it as far as trading back, because obviously almost every fan's like, hey, trade back, give more picks, get more opportunities to make, you know, impact selections in the top 100 picks. that's something everyone can get behind it's just hard to know if tom telesco can be trusted to actually think that way given the actions we've seen from him in the past but the last thing i want to talk about too is he was asked about the difference between scouting dbs with gus bradley and now going to brandon staley and specifically about the positional versatility and he said i can tell you from a scouts point of view it's fun to evaluate players that can just put into the db category that can do some different things play some safety play some corner maybe play some inside in the slot It's kind of fun and exciting to be scouting those types of players which to me David means that they weren't necessarily doing that before with Gus Bradley and he also said that with the corners the scouting hasn't changed at all because you want guys who can play in man or zone but knowing you're playing all cover three all the time is definitely different than running the man that Brandon Staley is going to run but we've been looking at a lot of you know hybrid type of players versatile type of players and it does seem like those guys are on the radar.
0: Yeah, they definitely are on the radar, and and unlike Gus Bradley's cover three defense, which was very cookie cutter, right? I mean, you had certain players that were going to play in certain positions, and they didn't really, you know, fend off or they didn't really utilize versatility very much. You saw it a little bit with the safeties, but it wasn't really that drastic. It's going to be a lot more drastic with Brandon Staley because he's already said that he likes to use a lot of different personnel groupings, a lot of different formations, a lot of different coverages, and he's going to use different disguises. And he wants DBs, guys that can do multiple things and move around the football field. That way he can use certain players as chess pieces in his defense. That is what he's looking for. That blueprint or that fingerprint from Brandon Staley is definitely going to manifest itself in this
1: draft. And he also said they're very hard to find, too, which is true. I mean, you can talk about versatility all you want, but finding players that can really do all of those things is something that is extremely difficult. And he also said, hey, you know, with corners, you're not saying that these versatile players are going to be playing, you know, safety and also playing outside at cornerback. You still need guys who are just good at playing cornerback, too. So I thought that was interesting, too. But with Tom Telesco, you read into it. As much as you want, you never know really what you're getting out of it. But he said he feels good about edge defenders. He would still like to add more, but that sounds like a pretty Brandon Staley thing to say. It sounded like he was almost saying that tongue-in-cheek to some extent. But it was interesting hearing what he had to say, and we'll now see how different the actions are that he makes once draft time comes upon us. But we do have two more segments to get into because it is our final Mock Draft Monday. We're going to be kicking off our full seven-round, two-part Mock Draft coming up right after this when we end up getting into our 13th overall pick in our 47th overall selection. But first, Charger fans, listen up. Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Charger fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a com- complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT ALL CAPS to two231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a free bottle of Nugenics Thermo, the most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Just text DRAFT to 231-231, that's draft to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. I also need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the best place to place your bets. I know Padre fans over the weekend are definitely happy placing bets against the Dodgers. I'm sorry, Chargers fans. I just had to sneak that one in there. But BetOnline.ag is the only place that we go to bet. And right now, mostly what I've been betting on is the draft There's so many good bets to look at for this draft. There's so many different players that you can bet on where they are going to be selected. If you have a hunch on a guy and where you think he's going to get picked, go to betonline.ag, put your money where your mouth is. And one of the things that's going to keep you going after the Chargers select at 13 is by having money on the draft, having things to root for after that. And you can do that with betonline.ag. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, one word. That's promo code LOCKED ON at BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. Well, this is our final mock draft of the season. We're going to do a full seven-round mock draft, nine different picks for the Chargers over today and tomorrow. And we have so many good players to talk about for the top four picks. The ones we're getting into right now. Me and David don't have a selection. That's the same. You're going to get. Two completely different three-round mock drafts from us just on today's show. So a lot of different players to talk about, a lot of needs that need to be addressed by the Chargers, and a lot of different ways to go about it. So for this, we're definitely trying to make it as realistic as possible. Obviously, a lot of different things can happen during the draft. Different players can fall. We took different things into account and used different mock draft simulators to try to come up with as realistic of a mock draft as we could, while also just going for the guys that we like and, you know, or we think that the Chargers could select. So let's get into it. The 13th overall pick, David, this is your last chance for your mock draft to have your first round pick for the Chargers in it. So with the 13th overall pick, who were you selecting?
0: With the 13th overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Chargers select Rashawn Slater, left tackle, Northwestern. It's a home run pick, I know you're saying maybe it's probably unrealistic that he is there, but in this draft, the reason why he was available to me at 13 was because the Bengals passed on Panay Sewell at 4, and they took Jamar Chase, which is a realistic possibility because there is a connection there. And then Panay Sewell got drafted by the Carolina Panthers at 8, and that allowed Rashawn Slater to fall to me, picking as the Chargers at 13. And if this happens, and it, like I said, it is a realistic possibility. And there is some mock drafts out there, like, for example, from Chad Reuter of NFL.com, where it had him falling to 14, uh, which I don't know why he would not pick him. And, you know, di- I don't know why you wouldn't pick him for the Chargers at 13, but I am definitely not making that mistake. I pick him, it's a home run pick. He's an excellent pass protector. He's a nasty finisher in the run game. He's very effective at the second level. Yeah, he doesn't have the the long arms that you're looking for, but do you really want to make another Tristan Wirfs type of d- decision here? No, don't get too hung up on the arm length. This guy's a home run hitter. He's a perfect pick. If he's there, you
1: got to take him, and that's why I did. And I think for Rashawn Slater, it's not just you know that you've seen him against guys like Chase Young have and have success against him in college and even dominate him at times in that game, but I think it's just also, he is just such a clean prospect, there's just not a lot that you can look at that he really struggles with, and I think he's clearly the second best tackle in this draft, and I think he's almost the best case scenario for the Chargers to get a good value, while also getting someone that fits a gigantic need for them, with my 13th overall pick, I have the Chargers selecting Christian Darisaw. and I know you guys could all be asking, you know, what, like, why would you do that, but, in my scenario, the big four are off the board. That's Sertan and J.C. Horn. It's also Rashawn Slater and Panay Sewell. So those four guys are off the board. I would probably take all four of those guys before I take Christian Darius. or at least with the corners. Think about it a lot. But for me, I'm just not getting too tricky here, and I'm taking someone and projecting him into becoming a really, really good player at the next level because he does have all of the physical attributes. I mean, I think all of the weaknesses that you see in his game are just things that he can do and just needs to do on a more consistent basis. But I loved his tape against Miami, going up against Quincy Roche. He didn't go up against as much of Jalen Phillips, but that was a really good game. North Carolina was a good game. I mean, he just makes it look so easy so often. Like, he just is stonewalling guys on the outside, not letting guys get around him, pushing guys around to the pocket as a pass protector. I mean, there are times that the worst parts of his game shows up and I think for him that's not sticking onto blocks, right? Making a good block, not sticking with it, and letting that tackler end up make letting that defender end up making a tackle down the field. His change of direction in open space is something that definitely needs some work. Not great lateral agility, but in short confined spaces, if you're having him pull or something like that, he's gonna absolutely bulldoze you. So I think for him it's so much consistency, but with the athletic profile, with his pass protection skills If you can get him to more consistently wash guys out in the running game with the tools in the toolbox that you know he already has, I think he could be a good pick. So for this, even though I like Elijah Vera Tucker and I would strongly consider him at 13, I just don't think that's going to happen. And I want to be right about who the Chargers are going to get. I think they end up with Christian Derrissaw, so I wanted to at least make the case for him. But I definitely understand those who have their reservations because it is a risky pick to some extent. But David, let's get to the second round. You've now addressed your need at left tackle You get the second round pick coming at 47. Now your biggest needs are probably, you know, in no particular order, corner safety, tight end, edge rusher. There's a few you could go with in the second round. With the 47 selection, who do you have the Chargers taking?
0: Yeah, with the 47 selection here, I had a lot of good players to choose from. But I was going with a guy who has that versatility as a defensive back, a guy who truly can play multiple different areas on the football field, and that's Javon Holland, the safety out of Oregon. So the six foot one, 201 201-pounder was, I mean, really, really good in college. I mean, nine interceptions in two years, four-and-a-half tackles for loss. He's pretty good in run support. He is very versatile. He can play single high. He can play split. He can play in the nickel. Um, he has really good ball skills, like I mentioned Um, some of the things that he needs to work on at the next level is his long speed. I think he's definitely better on the shorter routes and he gets caught flat footed from time to time. And because he is a little bit aggressive, he does get caught with the double moves and that's something he needs to work on at the next level. But overall, this is a guy who can really help you in multiple different areas of your defense. It's a really a guy that's going to come in and help you right away as well. So I love the pick for Javon Holland. That's why I took him.
1: Yeah, so you end up getting a safety, you fill a need, you still obviously need to address corner, but I really like the player that you got. I mean, that's the guy that Jordan Reed said would be the best fit for the Chargers in their new split safety look. The Chargers need help at safety with only Gilman and Nazir Adderley and Derwin James on the roster right now. I think that move makes a lot of sense, and I think you're getting a really good player with that pick. For me, I ended up going with Asante Samuel Jr. with the 47th overall pick, so now I have Christian Derrissault, left tackle. I now come back around. I get the corner I'm looking for in the second round with Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, for those saying that he won't be there, I totally understand that. For me, I'd be even okay with potentially making a trade to get up there. In the mock drafts I was doing, he was falling to me. And there's enough people out there. I mean, the draft network has him as our 60th best prospect. With Benjamin Solak having him go in the 50s in his most recent mock draft. There's several other mock drafts. The latest one from Pro Football Network has him available at 47. Just depends where you look. And I think there's other guys like Eric Stokes that you could be sold on just the physical profile. Kelvin Joseph, there's an argument to be made there. I want Asante Samuel Jr. That's who I end up with. And as far as what he brings to the Chargers, versatility is a really good word for him because it's not just the can he play inside or outside, which I believe he can even after you know being even though he's a smaller guy. It's being able to play in zone and man coverage as well. You can put him in the zone and have him react on things in front of him, go tackle, go break up passes, make big plays that way, or you can stick him at man coverage and he's going to compete. I mean, he did get out muscled on some balls, but even some of the catches I saw against him were like really great catches and they had to be because he's there attacking the ball at the catch point. There's just so much to like. I mean, he likes to tackle, which is you don't always see in corners. He closes in a flash. He makes plays on the football and has the NFL bloodlines and football IQ that you want. If Asante Samuel is there, the only downside is really the size, you know, and getting off blocks due to that size at times with bigger receivers, but I like a lot of his game. I'd be super happy to end up in the first 2 rounds with an option at left tackle that you feel good about and getting a really really good corner in the second round that you feel about that you feel could get snaps early on in his career. But I think we've both gone different directions so far. So David now has Rashawn Slater and Javon Holland. I end up getting Darisaw and Samuel Jr. But there's many more needs to be filled. So we're going to be getting into the 77th and 97th overall picks for the Chargers. Coming up right after this. But first I need to tell you guys about Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the market. And what I love about Built Bar guys is that it tastes great. Because with me... If I don't like something, if I get a chalky flavor, if I get a weird aftertaste, I'm just not going to eat it. So with Built Bar, not only do you get some bars that taste great, but you have a ton of different flavors to choose from. You have the Coconut Brownie Chunk, caramel Brownie, another really big winner in the tournament. You also have Coconut, Peanut Butter Brownie, Banana Bread, so many good flavors to choose from. And the health benefits from them are crazy too because they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for... All different kinds of diets, whether it's the keto diet or Weight Watchers or whatever, this is going to fit into that plan. So, if you guys want to get in on the Built Bar action, just go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked Fifteen to get fifteen percent off your next order. That's promo code Locked Fifteen for fifteen percent off at builtbar.com. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into the third round of our seven-round mock draft on our final mock draft Monday. We'll have one more show for you guys on Tuesday where we get into rounds four through seven. But we have two big picks to make here in the third round because the Chargers have two more selections in the top 100 picks and a chance to add impact players because we know they're going to need contributions from some guys that are drafted this year. But I know everyone's getting excited about the draft. So don't forget that this year the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from the Locked On local experts and the draft networks and national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL, lockdown NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL draft April 29th through May 1st. That's just one of the few things that we're doing for draft season. We also have the ultimate NFL mock draft going on right now, which you can find on the new Odyssey app. But let's get back to our picks, David, because the 77th overall pick is big for you because If you could right now, the next biggest need on your list is obviously corner. Did a corner end up falling to you? That's the big question when you wait on corner. So, David, with the 77th overall pick, who did you end up selecting?
0: Yeah, so obviously the next need and the next... Type of position I was trying to address was corner, and there was a corner that did fall to me that I was comfortable with taking. Obviously, waiting this long was not ideal, it's not uh, re- exactly what I would really want to happen, but you know, sometimes you got to play the board. So, the way the pl- the way the board was played by me is taking Paulson Adebo, the corner out of Stanford. I love the size at six foot one, 192 pounds. I think he is really good in the short and intermediate um, when he's playing press. And, uh, you know, he excels on those routes. I think – he plays with good aggression. I think he's a pretty decent tackling corner. He's definitely not afraid to put his head in there in the running game, which is going to be essential to be a corner in the Brandon Staley defense. Is saying that is something that he really wants out of his cornerback. So Paulson Adebo is going to bring that. One of the, a couple of things he needs to work on at the next level is you know staying home on the double moves. And, uh, you know, sometimes he does miss tackles because he is a little more aggressive. But I like the aggression. I think that can be coached up at the next level. And I think he can come in and really, you know, be on the outside fairly quickly for the Chargers.
1: Yeah, he famously has one really, really bad game against UCF and Gabe Davis that we've talked about before. But the rest of his collegiate career is pretty astounding. And with a lot of ball hawking ability shown on tape, a lot of times breaking up passes, Closing quickly on guys in front of him. I've seen people say his transitions are a little bit stiff, but the upside there is apparent. The ability there is apparent. The talent is definitely there, so I think you could do worse when you end up waiting on corners than Paulson Adiba. I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Getting to my 77th overall pick, this is a guy that I've had a big crush on, and with the 77th overall pick in my final mock draft for the Chargers, I have them taking Tommy Tremble, the tight end from Notre Dame, and I think this is another player that can come in and make an impact for your team this season. He's a prototype as far as special teams goes. I mean, you want a guy that's going to run down the field like his hair is on fire and lay into somebody? Look no further, right, than Tommy Tremble, the tight end who is the best run-blocking tight end in this class and is the most fiery blocker in this class for sure. I mean, he has the George Kittle type of persona, whether he's blocking someone or has the ball in his hands. He wants to lower his shoulder and hit somebody. He can line up at fullback. He can line up at H-back. He can be in line. He can split out so many different things. The obvious knock on him is he was an afterthought in Notre Dame's passing offense. They had a really good offense and they ran the ball really, really effectively, too, in part because of Tommy Trumbull. And I just think, even though he's a very inexperienced pass catcher, you have pass-catching tight ends. You don't have a physical presence that can be, you know, kind of like a Kyle Yushchik type of player be a type of guy that's going to just rip somebody's face off in the running game you will get that with this pick this guy is going to be a game changer for you personality wise on the field just because that energy is infectious so i will take the upside in the receiving game and the foreshore blocking ability and the ability to open up some holes in the running game with tommy tremble and feel pretty good about it so now i have tight end here with my third pick which isn't the biggest need, but I like the player I'm getting there. And now I need to focus on covering up some of the other boxes and checking off and checking off some of the other boxes in my needs for the Chargers. But like who I have so far, David, now we are getting to the 97th overall pick. What need are you trying to address this time? How do you feel you got value at this pick? At pick number 97.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I was looking for interior offensive line at this pick, but I didn't really find a guy that I liked very much. Sure. So. The next thing I went to was the defensive line. I think the Chargers definitely need to get add some youth, add some pass rushing ability in the middle of the defensive line, and uh, the guy I took, I, I truly believe can bring that. And it's one of the very few in this draft because I don't think this was a very good defensive line draft. But I like Jay Tufili out of USC. I mean, six foot three, three fifteen. He really is one of the better pass rushers in the middle. Uh, I think he has a really good first step. He is, really has a nice hand swipe. He uses really good leverage. He's a smart player too, and he's able to. You know, I saw him read screens a couple of different times. And he was able to, go, you know, go attack, uh, recognize that that was happening, and go take down that ball carrier. So um, he's really good at shedding blockers as well. He is going to get double teamed, but seems like he understands that, and he does fairly well at trying to split them. Um, I think he needs to be a little bit more mindful of the roughing the passer penalties. The The good thing is he's getting to the quarterback, but he needs to make smarter decisions, especially at the next level when you got guys like Tom Brady and other quarterbacks that, you know, if they get hit, you're definitely going to get a flag. So um, you, you like the aggressiveness, but he's just got to rein it in a little bit. But I like Jay Tefili right here. I think it's good value and it's something that the Chargers, it's, I think that it's an underrated need for the Chargers.
1: Yeah, I think that too. I mean, the interior pass rush is something that has absolutely plagued them and it's something that need to get figured out. And there are a lot of, you know, decent interior defensive linemen in this draft and not a ton to be excited about. But at least with this pick, you get some pass rushing upside. You're not just getting a two-dimensional type of run defender only type of guy, even though he is violent. He can't get people out of the way. He does play with an aggressive energy that would look really good inside of Brandon Staley's defense. So in this draft, you kind of just have to find a guy you like on the interior and hope he finds, falls to a pick that you feel comfortable taking him. So I definitely understand that, and you check off another underrated need and really add some depth to the defensive line position behind you know Jerry Tillery, Justin Jones, and Limbaugh Joseph. So for my ninety seventh overall pick, I was ecstatic to multiple times have this guy fall to me in mock draft simulators to see him available with this pick in different mock drafts that I've seen from experts around everywhere right and that is Florida State safety Hamza Dean. so I'm basically taking I hate you I'm basically taking the entire Florida State secondary now that I'm thinking about it I get Asante Samuel Jr. and Dean a guy that is super exciting a total wrecking, wrecking ball of energy a guy that you've seen do a lot of different things in one of the bigger knocks on him is he's like kind of too big almost to be a safety, but too small to be a linebacker, especially hearing what Tom Telesco had to say, especially knowing that Brandon Staley is the defensive coach for this team that will have the biggest impact. That's why I feel comfortable making this pick because this coverage was really, you know, up and down early on, allowed a lot of touchdowns, allowed a, like a 70% completion percentage, but got that number down to 47% in 2019 constantly improved in that aspect as well as just having the want to, to go up and tackle, taking good angles, open field tackling. Yes, he does have some whiffs because he's flying in and, you know, getting downhill quickly, which is something I love about his game. But this guy is the total package as far as the type of energy and attitude you want to see on the field. The only other big red flag is that he tore his ACL in 2019 for the chargers. You haven't earned yourself the benefit of the doubt to take players with terrible injury history, So many players get ACL tears. I know that I've said they need to bring in more durable players and they'll have their own medical checks with them. I think this guy is worth the risk because he can blitz. He can play linebacker. He can play in the slot. He plays well pretty much everywhere you put him. So I think his energy will go really well with Derwin James. He'll bring some physicality to the defense. He's a really fluid athlete that'll bring some speed to the defense. And I think he'll just be one of those chess pieces that even though they're hard to find, if you can get a guy like him and know he's also going to be, you know, a special teams ace right off the bat, just because of the way he plays and his tackling ability, very much worth the risk. So all in all, I end up getting Christian Derrissaw, Asante Samuel Jr., Tommy Trimble. And then lastly, I end up getting Hamza and Nazarul Dean, a guy I'm super excited about and a draft class. I'm super excited about David. How'd you feel about your first four picks? Yeah, I mean,
0: I felt really good about it. Like I said, the only position that I think I would have probably considered taking uh, in my first four picks was interior offensive line, but that value just wasn't there for me. But I felt really good. I mean, I got Ray- Rashawn Slater in the first round. Do I feel like it is a home run pick? I got Javon Holland who is that versatile chess piece. You got Paulson Adibo cornered that you feel pretty good that can step in pretty quickly and play opposite of Michael Davis. And then you get some interior defensive line help that can also provide some pass rush. So I think you get four players that are going to come in and make an impact very quickly for this team and I think that's an essent- that, and I think that's essential
1: coming into this draft. And make sure you don't miss the rest of our picks, because guess what? There's still five more picks to get into. So on tomorrow's show, we'll be on tomorrow's show. We'll be getting into rounds four through seven and completing our final mock draft of the season. Also, guys, don't forget that the ultimate mock draft 2021 is happening right now. It's presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts, Michael Irvin, Jason Locanfora, Brian Baldinger, and more. Our local experts for every team will be making trades and picking the next stars for their teams. We ended up getting Elijah Vera Tucker, but you know, the and Slater didn't fall to us. So make sure you guys check that out on the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. a lot of great coverage going on on the Ultimate Mock Draft of 2021, where you can find, which you can find wherever you get your podcast from. But make sure you're back with us tomorrow. Until then, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at LAC and to like the Facebook page at Lockdown Chargers, as well as subscribing to us. As well as giving us a follow on our new Instagram page and giving us a follow wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's the Odyssey app, Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you can find us there. And make sure you rate and review to keep up with all of the draft content we're going to be having out this week. So we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Make sure to check back in for the rest of our mock draft Monday finale, seven round mock draft from your Locked On Chargers host. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.